I want to remind you that you are a powerful being, filled with power. You are an eternal being, having a temporary experience, having an earthly experience. Hello. Welcome to Power Hour. I am so delighted to have you here. Of course, this is Dr. Kresslin, your empowerment coach. I am here to remind you that you have a power inside of you that has always sustained you and who has brought you to this point. It is the power inside of you to live, breathe, to accomplish your dreams, to live the life that you want to live and create the world that you desire to create. Sometimes we forget that truth. We begin vying with other people uh, here in this temporary setting about the identity that we've created for ourselves and we lose focus and lose track that there is another part of us that is an eternal loving being here guiding you. And so when you need that reminder, always remember to check back in with Power Hour so that you can find the strength you need to power up. Today's guest, you're going to be so elated to get this information. She is a wonderful woman. Let me tell you first how you can find her on social media. On Facebook, she is Monday Millage. Yes, her name is Monday, just like the day of the week is spelled that way. And her last name is Millage, M-I-L-L-E-D-G-E. You definitely want to follow this young lady, this queen. And I, you will see why I call her queen. She is an entrepreneur in her own right and had has a tremendous uh, vision, royal vision, as she is the creator of royalty. She has hosted uh, tea parties for countless uh, people and uh, prestigious people in prestigious positions. Uh, royal Exodus, which is a ladies' retreat um, that was formed to uh, to gather women together and work together on their visions and dreams and just to uh, fellowship and have a good time together. Black and White Pages Book Club and the Beloved Bible Study. All of them were strategically developed by Monday Millage. She has hosted a variety of public and private afternoon high teas, fundraisers, and retreats all over the U.S. and in Toronto, Canada. And so what I also know about Monday, she has a degree in business finance, uh, and she is so passionate about um, helping people be good stewards of their finances and taking advantage of opportunities uh, to create wealth for them and their families. And she's also into real estate investments. So I am so excited, and I hope that you are delighted to hear from Monday Millage today. As our topic is, it is, of course, we're always having powerful conversations, but it's on being a good steward, even during this pandemic. And this is going to be a powerful conversation on faith and finances. So Monday, I am so excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm well, and thank you for the opportunity. You are so welcome. You're so welcome. Monday, I know that you're very passionate about finances. And I remember having a conversation with you and you were talking about really instilling the principle of being a good steward in your uh, three boys. Yeah. In your three boys. So I didn't mention that Monday is married and she has three beautiful uh, boys. So she's one queen living amongst four men. Uh, but uh, she's a powerhouse in her own right. And she is um, cherished by her family. So Monday, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your finance background and 
kind of what you do with your boys to instill the importance of being a good steward? With my boys, it's very important to me that once they transition from being young men to being the head of their households, that they have the tools that they need to be able to function and to be able to provide and to be able to be the men of their households. And so I've always had this philosophy that I didn't want to raise sons that I wouldn't marry myself. Wow. I wanted them to be men and I wanted their wives to have the opportunities that have been afforded to me. I wanted their wives to have the opportunity to, uh, when I say afforded to me, like when the pregnancy test turned positive, I didn't work. You know, I, that was just something I didn't do. And, uh, and I want their wives to have that same opportunity. If they want to work, they work, they want to stay at home, you know, whatever. So I knew that, you know, because my pregnancies were, you know, they were wonderful. However, um, I'm only five foot even, so it was hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard to maintain, you know, Mm -hmm. nevertheless, um, So by the time James, my oldest son, was able to comprehend what money was, I started with him. And then now it's just a ritual. At the beginning of the year, they individually sit down with me and we go over their portfolio. Mm -hmm. When my children were little, um, when they would receive birthday money, I never bought them little trinkets or asked people about them. I would tell people all the time, their grandparents would send them $5, $10, whatever you want to send them. And I always purchase them bonds. Mm. And so um, that's, that's how it started. So then when my middle son came along and then my baby came along, I was like, you know, they have got to have an understanding of what I'm doing so that they can carry on. So it's a tradition. We sat down at the beginning of the year we look over their portfolio. We actually pull up uh, the bonds website and they calculate their bonds on how much, you know, they, the interest that they've earned, which ones are close to maturity, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go over their financial, their financial situation with their birthday money, what's in their savings account. And then we do a projection. Um, Austin, my middle son, he is a little bit more interested in, in stocks. Mm. My baby, he only wants to know what's the bottom line. How much money am I going to make, mom? (laughs) My oldest son, he just goes along with whatever I say, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how, that's one of the things I do with my boys because, you know, they're African-American men and I want them to be responsible and I want them to have an understanding of investing. That is so powerful to me. You know, um, I remember... Um, purchasing bonds. When I was in the school system, I automatically had X amount of dollars to come out of my bank account um, to, you know, stack my, just stack bonds. I was like, you know, someone else told me about it and I, I heard of them, but I was like, oh, they take too long to mature. But over time, I realized the importance of having them and just kind of while you're working, it's just a savings account that it will double at some point at the point that you really, really, really need it. And so I just think it's amazing that you're teaching children mm-hmm. uh, at a very young age uh, to do this. And so talk to us about how a bond works. Some, everybody may not understand exactly how 
that works. Um, what is the least amount that you can pay for a bond? What is the most that you can pay for a bond? How does it mature? When does it mature? How does that work? Well, it actually takes several years. And, and with, you can buy a bond, a $50 bond for $25. And I know that people say, well, $25, you know that, well, had I taken the $25 when James was little that he received when he was uh, a, a infant, a little baby, where would that toy be? Mm. But I can show you that bond that's probably worth probably about almost $40 now that we paid $25 for. Now mm. that doesn't sound like a lot, but multiply that by several of them. Mm. And now you went from uh, something that's worth $40, $40 multiplied by however many he has at this point. Mm. And so $25 is, I mean, you spend that at, happy hour or you know right. with appetizer and right with drinks you know mm -hmm. um and so um $25 can get you started and as soon as you buy that bond now what you used to have to do was go to the bank and purchase them and then you received a paper copy of a bond but now everything is automated so okay. you just set up an account on uh on the government website you just set up an account and link it to your bank account, and then you just buy a bond electronically. Now, you do not receive the paper bonds in the mail anymore, but you will have an account with all the bonds listed. And so that's how everything is so automated this day, today. That's how his, all of their bonds are now. Okay. And you can transfer your paper bonds if you still have, if you have any, you can transfer those to electronic bonds. But however, you just do everything online. Mm -hmm. You can sit there on your phone and buy a bond. You have to set the account up, but you can sit there on your phone and buy a bond every day if you wanted to for $25. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I, um, I, I had a bunch of bonds. I kind of just had them out of my mind and Monday went through a divorce and still had the house, had the big house, had the big house note and had also left my, uh, my full-time job and started a business and something fell through. Uh, a business deal or something fell through and here I am and I have a house note, uh, a very high house note. And I was just like, I don't have the money to pay my house note. How, how am I going to pay my house note? And I was laying in the bed or driving down the car. I was doing something mindlessly and it hit me. You have bonds. Yes. And I went under the bed, which was where I was keeping them in a, um, in a, uh, foul like a flat file cabinet where I kept all my important documents like birth certificates and insurance policies and things like that. And I found it, I found the bonds. I had just enough, it, they had matured enough for me to pay my house note with the bonds okay. that I had. They, they saved my credit. <laughs> they saved my, they saved me from having a headache all month, you know? And yeah. so I, I, I do understand the importance of that. And I and I haven't bought bonds since, but I, and it's been probably over, it's been more than 10 years since that, that happened. But I am now very interested in going online because I didn't realize that it was, uh, there was an electronic. So let's make sure that we put the uh, government website where people can go and buy those bonds. Let's make sure that we put it in the description 
of this audio and video so that people know exactly where to go get them on the government website. That is so, so very excited. So Monday, as I think about the times that we live in right now, you know, especially with the pandemic, and I think about, um, you know, people are getting additional money right now. Some people are getting loans for their businesses. Uh, so many people are getting stimulus checks. If people are being blessed um, to get money right now, some people are getting unemployment. Some are not getting the same amount that they were receiving when they were working, but some are getting much more than they earned working what can what are some ideas what can we do to really inspire people to uh, take extra money and uh and invest what can they invest in why is it important that, that they invest in this time talk to us about that what are your ideas around that well one of the things that you just said is at a time that you actually needed extra because that's what savings is for you remember that you made an investment some years prior, forgot all about it, and then was able to utilize it at a time that you needed it. Investments can be one of two ways. You can invest money that you can take a chance on losing, or you can invest money in a way that you need to save it for truly a rainy day. So first of all, I always tell people, First, you have to know what your risk tolerance is before anyone should suggest anything to you. Mm. Um, mm. The stock market is not for someone who needs to save six months or for a rainy day. That's not, stock market is strictly for, um, I want to take a chance. Mm -hmm. You don't need to take a chance on money that you need to save or may need one day. That's the reason why bonds and money markets and you know CDs, that's a better option for, I would say, anybody mm. that need to put a nest egg away. Now, let me, let me stop you right there. Please hold your point because that is so important. You know, we, we are receiving so much information in this information, information age that we live in. And so we are learning about stocks and all those kind of things. And people automatically want to invest in a stock. They want to take a chance. But you, what you're saying is so powerful. If you have not said, if you don't have six months worth of, worth of savings, uh, six month savings in your bank account, where if uh, something happens, you and your family can survive for six months, then you're saying that maybe buying stock is not for you at this time. That's not. And so it's so amazing that people promote that. The stock market is volatile. And you, you may have money today in your account, you may have a drop and a loss today in your account. You know, when you log on at eight in the morning, your portfolio may say one thing. You log on when the market closes at four o'clock, it may say another. Mm -hmm. Can you really depend on that? No. But those bonds that were under your bed, right. you have not made a lot of money on them that day, but over time they were worth something. And mm -hmm. then you were able to cash them in, not only for what you paid for them, mm -hmm. but also an additional interest that had added to the amount that you paid. Mm. A money market um, 
it's I'm I'm saying safe things. Those mm -hmm. things, a little bit of money goes in depending on what your balance is. Mm -hmm. However, over time, when it's money that's just sitting there, it's paying more than a savings account is. And so those types of things that is for your savings it just adds a little just adds a little just adds a little but those things are what are called safe i as much as i love the stock market i am not a risk taker mm -hmm. i am one of those ones i see my money going down too fast i pull it i pull mm -hmm. it i just uh -huh. i pull it and um i'll pull it and i'll put it over in a money market somewhere up until i feel comfortable to where i see that the market is going back up People are saying, well, stocks are losing so much. My stocks are so low, you know, buy mm -hmm. stocks. Okay, yes, buy stocks. But you buy mm -hmm. stocks for money that if you lose it, if you gain, yay, you know. Right. Um, so so what, what, what I hear you talking about is healthy risk. So uh, risk, it's important to take risk, mm -hmm. but you need to be um, your foundation at home, your personal portfolio, your personal savings needs, they need to be stable before you get into something that's high risk. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly, and before you get into anything high risk, you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. I, <laughs> I personally don't like losing my money, so. Right. Uh, I'm more of a safe and safe investor. If I'm going to invest in anything, it's going to be a stock that I've watched for a while. And I've saw, I've, you know, I've seen where it goes up, down, up, down, and I'm kind of comfortable when I bought into it. Mm -hmm. But I'm more of your mutual funds type girl, and mm -hmm. I'm an ETF lover. I'm not one of those ones who would just buy. It's only certain stocks that I'll buy, just straight stock. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and that's because I personally am not a huge risk taker mm -hmm. however i'll buy a bond in a second mm -hmm. i'll invest in a money market in a second mm -hmm. i'll purchase a cd depending on what the rate is in a second however buying a stock i have to sit there and watch it for a while mm -hmm. and i have to see just where you know where the market goes with it Everybody's not losing money right now. Some people are gaining. Some people are investing at the right time because they do have extra. But the only thing that I would recommend for anyone is not to start investing in the stock market because you think, oh, the stocks are so low and taking money that you do not have to invest with. If you're going to invest, invest in something safe that you can pull away from up under your bed in the time of need mm -hmm. buy you some bonds and put them in a metal box mm -hmm. uh, but right now you know they'll be online so you know your security will be safe but mm -hmm. purchase things that will actually bring you value mm -hmm. start there is what you're saying start, start there. there so the 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 big risk is for big big money yes when you can afford to lose you know that's mm -hmm. really uh, one of my uh, principles is that I don't loan money to anybody. <laughs> what I do, if you come to me with a need and it's a need that I want to help meet, then I will consider what I can afford to lose and give you that. Yes. Give you that. And so, um, because loaning is too risky, you know, for me, to me, it's too risky because 
I'm betting on you who do not have any money right now to have money in the future to pay back to me. And that's too great a risk for our relationship, if you can't, and for me to take something that I need from my house and put it in your house, taking a bet that you're going to give it back to me. So I really love how you're about securing the bag first, securing home first. Then you can take some money that's maybe, you know, some extra money and make some greater risk. But um, so let me ask you this. So when the pandemic, when, when we were hit with COVID-19 and everything shut down, um, did you blink? Did you fret? No, only the natural blinking of my eyes just blink because I'm I'm alive. However, uh -huh. you know, I, I didn't. Um, it's certain things that you can do and have set in place that when things like this happen, it doesn't directly affect you. Um, it affects me in ways of seeing other people mm -hmm. basically not have or those type of things. Now, one thing I did personally do, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, <laughs> loud uh, and live. We keep it real on Power yeah. Hour. It's all good. <laughs> I personally set a few duckies aside because I thought for sure I had an aunt that might call me and I thought for sure I had a cousin or two that might call me so I was like uh let me uh let me make some adjustments and some things that I personally have going on to where just in case they need something mm -hmm. but normally people do not have a line of accounting on their budget with your name on it so you need to try to secure yourself first, just like, you know, on a flight, it says put the mask on yourself first mm -hmm. and then assess the person next to you. However, um, what, I, what I did is um, I looked at things that I planned on doing and it wasn't a need for it because of the pandemic. So there was some extra money there for me to set aside just in case somebody else needed it. Um, there is a zero return on loaning money. As you just said, there's a zero return because you may get it back. You may not. However, um, I didn't, I wasn't affected, but that's because of how my life is set up. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't affected and, and it's simply because, Nikki, I'm blessed. I'm abundantly blessed. And I believe in, I believe in the power of the dollar. Mm -hmm. But I also believe in the power of God. And I believe that he gives us um, our senses plus one extra sense called common sense. Mm -hmm. And I came from a powerful great-grandmother who taught me. She, she only had a fourth grade education. But she used to say, we, you know, because all of us had to be out there with grandmother in the summertime. And it was a big log of what you, it was bologna, but she called it loney sausage. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have, your grandmother had this, but she had a big log of it. Mm -hmm. And you learned how to eat bologna fried with mustard. You learned how to eat bologna cold. You learned how to, and I today have not had bologna, I probably, probably in 35 years, however. Mm -hmm. But Nevertheless, you would say, Grandma, 
I don't want any more bologna. I don't want any more. Grandma, is that all we gonna eat? And she would pat that log of bologna and she would say, baby, grandma gonna eat this before I have to. And then she would look at you and she would say, you have to learn how to stench and save, make out and do without. She said, because you can throw a fortune away in a teaspoon out your back door. Wow. And so she continuously instilled that in all of us. And, you know, I'm not the only one that can quote that. All of my cousins, we can quote her. And so she said, she then would say to you, waste not, won't not. And at the time, my grandmother, fourth grade education, had the biggest house on her block, brick Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. never worked. She was a serial entrepreneur never worked for anybody a day in her life. However, she taught the concept to all of us. Now, everybody didn't listen, but she taught the concept to us of saving, not spending every dollar, every cent that came into your hand. And I value that today and I live by it. That is amazing. You know, (laughs) I love that. I love it. I love it. Um, I didn't hear a verbal lesson like that from my grandmother, but I saw the lesson, uh, who too, um, was my, my, is my number one role model. And I know that yours is too. Um, but I saw her go to work for Huntsville hospital for 40 years, uh, never have a driver's license, never drove a car, but always had what she needed. People literally fighting over who was going to pick up Miss Lily for church. Uh, and so even without a vehicle and a driver's license, uh, she worked 40 years uh, for a hospital and then was an entrepreneur, baked four to 500 cakes from October to January every year on demand uh, and, and sold them and made communion bread uh, for her church for 50 years, served as a mother. And her church was clear across, was a 30 minute drive from her home, but people would pick her up and take her to church. But I saw those same principles um, in her. Um, and even my grandfather who didn't work, he was, you know, he was, um, he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and was an educated man who um, had a job, but was fired from it because he used the bathroom in the wow. in the facility in the company. And so back then, as a black man, you didn't do that. And so um, somewhere after, not long after that, um, his life kind of spiraled downward. But my grandmother still held it together. And I can remember going to her house and sometimes it would just be a pot of beans and cornbread on the stove. Now, could she had fried chicken and made uh, spaghetti and all those things every day? Probably so. But at what what expense? So when I hear you say that your grandmother said, uh, I'm going to eat this bologna while I can before I have to, that is big. I think about a lot of us don't have what we need because we want everything now. How about we eat spaghetti now before we have to? How about we eat beans now before we have to? So I that that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. So t- so Monday, you know, I think about um, people in this era 
in this time that we're living in that didn't have before the pandemic and they're really, really struggling now. What are some things that we can share with them, you know, who didn't have the grandmother who taught them, who who are not making wise decisions when it relates to money because they don't know how to. What is a very elementary lesson or principle that we can share with them to get them moving in that direction? Well, first of all, you have to identify that there is a problem. If you need to depend on someone else to ride in on the white horse and be your savior during a time that things are, you know, a little tight. My suggestion would be, first of all, and this is a hard pill to swallow for some people, but you definitely need to know what your net worth is. And for some people, that would totally motivate you. Now, if you own a home, you need to write down, because net worth is easy. It's just your assets minus your liabilities. And that bottom line number tells you who you are and what you are and what you have. Mm-hmm. If you own a home, you would say, okay, well, I own my home for a hundred. My home is a hundred thousand dollars. I paid a hundred thousand dollars for my home. And, but my balance on my home is 25,000. I mean, my balance on my home is $75,000. So there's a $25,000, but, my neighborhood, these homes sell for $150,000. So you would put the $100,000 there. Then you would subtract what your balance is on your home. And then that, that pot that's there, the $25,000, you would say, okay, well, my net worth is $25,000 in my home, but no, 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 no. Then you calculate what the homes in your neighborhood is selling for. But my, but my neighborhood, they're selling for one fifty. dollars so that's an additional $25,000. Now that's $50,000 of your net worth. Then you will go a little further with your car. Now we know the cars depreciate pretty fast. However, what you purchased it for, what your balance is, and what it's worth today if you needed to sell it. Okay, then you add that to your net worth. What you have in savings, but minus the credit card debt that you owe. Then as you, go, as you go down your list and you get to that bottom line number, for some, I think it would be quite shocking that they would see their net worth and then they would turn around and maybe look in their closet and see expensive bags and purses and those types of things that literally may have a small value, but not very much value at all. So that bottom line number tells you If I needed to sell everything that I own today, this is what I could possibly get for it. If I needed to liquidate everything that I have today, this is literally what I'm worth. If you're comfortable with that number, hallelujah. If you're not, that tells you that you need to start doing like my grandmother said. You need to start stenching and saving making out and doing without Mm -hmm. and then determine from there that's number one determine from there i need to have this amount of money to be able to sustain my lifestyle to be able to not go under within 30 days this is really sad that people are going under in less than 30 days you know but i'm not talking about the people who are just 
deep in poverty, but most of your middle-class people who are going under in 30 days. The people that's deep in poverty, this is a come up for them. You Mm. see what I'm saying? They already know how to survive. They already have their, people that are in poverty already have everything set in place. Their food stamps didn't stop. Mm. Their whatever public assistance they're getting, that didn't stop. Mm -hmm. This was probably a come up for them. But the ones that I'm talking about is that, 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 um, that medium person, that person in the middle, the middle class person that is considered um, doing well. Mm-hmm. But the pandemic has brought out that you're not doing well. I think that there needs to be some opportunities that people sit at the table and they start being honest with themselves. You know, um, one of the things that I think, you know, definitely in the community that, you know, I live in, people love the appearance of wealth. Mm. The appearance mm. of wealth. Mm. However, this pandemic has brought out the fact that maybe you need to be a little bit more cognizant of what your net worth is. Mm. And if you are not comfortable with, comfortable with that number, you need to start working on it. That's number one to me. Now, one of the things that I would suggest is that you look around and you decide literally what you can live with and what you can't live without. And I think the basic needs of people is very simple. All of those high price things in your life, I have high, high price things. I love things, you know, as far as, you know, I love beautiful things. Let me say that. However, if things are in excess, and your beautiful things put you in a situation to where within 30 days, you're scratching your head like, how am I going to make it? There needs to be some evaluation done in your life because the government promised to send a stimulus check, but do you see how long it took before people start receiving them? The government promised a bailout for the uh, businesses, but do you see how long it's taken and some never even received it? You've got to determine maybe your house is too much for you to, maybe your house is too much. Maybe the car that you drive is too much. Maybe you need to really reassess and reevaluate and get down to um, what you can live, what you can't live without probably just for a short period of time. But number one, start with what is your net worth? Mhm. Mhm. I love it. I love it. So, um one thing you said that people love the appearance of wealth. Mm-hmm. The name brand suits, the name brand high name brand suits, the high name brand dresses, the uh red bottom shoes. Uh the high-end Gucci bags and glasses and things like that. So it's nothing wrong with having those things. There's nothing wrong whatsoever. If it is, if, if right now you are still able to survive without any assistance from the government. (laughs) However, if we are relying on the system, the uh, the government in any system to keep us afloat in you know while we're in this time it is definitely something to reconsider 
your our habits and our shopping desires because i wouldn't even say needs but our desire to shop so i i love that you brought that up that people love the appearance of wealth but how does that appearance how is it serving us right now it is such a trick and a lie from the devil because what happens <laughs> is what 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 happens is the same people that you were trying to impress you know mm-hmm. Have they cash out to you? Think about that. And right now, a lot of people are having to really reassess because you have time now to sit home and really think about, you know, um, what your financial situation is. Mm -hmm. And if you can't go to the box under your bed and pull out some savings bonds or some other investments that you may have made to be able to at least be comfortable in your situation, you really need to rethink some things. Mm -hmm. You really need to rethink some of the things that you have. And, and first of all, I have people that I love dearly. I mean, I love them dearly. And, you know, if I even thought that they were suffering, you know, I would definitely probably have to pray about it, but I know I would come to their rescue. However, I know people who, when they do have it, they also never save a dime. So sometimes I have the conviction of, because I don't want to be God in anybody's life. Sometimes I have the conviction of, well, Monday, you know, you have it, you know, so you, you could just go ahead and give that. And I have to stop myself because number one, there's something called responsibility. And because I don't want to be God in anybody's life, I have to push myself because I'm a giver. So I have to push myself way back mm-hmm. and allow them to be able to see maybe where they're making some bad choices. Mm-hmm. Even with my children, even with my children, my children don't have all that we can afford to give them mm-hmm. simply be- because I don't want them to have this mentality as the men of their households. I don't want them to have this mentality that some something new, some new electronic came out. So instead of paying the light bill mm-hmm. for their family, they purchased the electronic or they purchased something that they really don't need. And so with that mentality, a lot of times I still do that with myself. It's things that I would probably love to have everybody that knows me know I love dishes and I'm going to stay off Amazon looking at this, uh, this beautiful coffee and tea urn that I want to buy. I don't need it. (laughs) However, however, it's a lot of things I say no to, but somebody could call me and say, well, Monday, I need, you know, such and such and I'll give it to them. Mm -hmm. So financial responsibility is saying no to yourself, having the discipline to sometimes say no. Mm-hmm. Not, that you, not that you don't want it, not that mm-hmm. you wouldn't love to have it, but some things we simply just don't need until we can afford those things. Right, right. You know, I, I have heard this said, and I've used it quite a few times, is that uh, someone with a poverty mentality uh, buy what they want and struggle for what they need. Oh, Oh my goodness. Uh, and so it doesn't matter how much money, the money that you have in the bank or that you earn on your paycheck doesn't make you wealthy. 
it's your habits and your attitudes about money. And in fact, Monday, I know several millionaires, several, and they they drive they don't drive expensive lavish cars or if they do drive one it's old they don't just go out and buy every new car that that comes out uh they're not very flamboyant in their appearance and so that made me question a long time ago about what wealth really looks like um cuz you know Clothes, cars, house, those are symbols, but that's not true wealth. That's not true wealth. And usually what I've seen is the wealthier the person, the more modest the lifestyle. I'm reminded of uh, Tom Stanley's book, The Millionaire Next Door. And he talks about how uh, some of the wealthiest people on the planet still live in the same homes. They simply remodel them. you know, and they still, they live simply in that some of us are living next door to millionaires and we have no clue because they, they just live very simply. So I hope that uh, people will, my desire is that we all are empowered to build true wealth, to build true wealth and eliminate any competitiveness that we have or the need to prove uh, what we have to anybody uh, because I really believe that that's, that robs us of quality of life. You have given us so many nuggets about having powerful conversations at the beginning of the year with our children, mm-hmm. having them to look at their own worth, their own value, their own net worth on paper, uh, the importance of making sure that we have six months savings uh, before we uh, go out and um, buy stocks, you know, to look at our uh, risk tolerance, uh, the importance of buying mutual funds and, and bonds and things that's m- that are more manageable, less risky, but that still make us money over time. So what other strategies do you want to, do you feel like it's really important for us to know right now and in the future, because I know that this pandemic is going to change our behavior and it's, it has uh, instilled fear in so many people. So some people are going to want to hoard everything that they have. So give us some of your wisdom on how to move forward in making sure that we're saving and being good stewards, but that we are also operating from a place of love, faith, and sanity moving forward and not based in fear. Okay. Look at the 10 versions. You know, I'm a Christian, so I line my life up. I line line my finances up. I line my business investments up with the word of God. That's how I operate. The 10 versions. In the Bible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Five were prepared. They filled their lamps with oil. They were ready for the bridegroom. They didn't know when the bridegroom was coming, but when it was time to move, they were able to what? Execute. Mm-hmm. Then you had the other five. They decided they were just gonna go ahead and burn their oil. They were gonna take this crazy mentality of, I'm gonna live my life right now. You know, I don't know about tomorrow. But just in case tomorrow comes and the bridegroom comes, 
Those five were prepared. Now you think they didn't want to burn their oil and have a good time? They did, trust me, they did. But they decided to wait and save because they had a goal to meet. And that was the bridegroom. The other five decided, I'm just going to lollygag and just, I'm going to live right now. I'm going to live for today. And then when it was time to execute, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. So if this pandemic hasn't taught any of us the mentality of, let me look around at my situation and who do I want to be? Do I want to be the person that um, just gets a fish from the government today? Or do I want to be the person that learns how to fish and I can live all the time? Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity for all of us and everybody, everybody to do a self-evaluation, not only over your finances, but over life itself. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time doing things that are really not, um, beneficial to our health, our lifestyle. So time is money too. So we need yes, to, I think, yes, I think yes, I think the pandemic has really told us all to get somewhere, sit down, get off the rat race and spend some time. If you're not a person that prays, at least meditate and think it's, it's, it's saying sit down, be quiet and think mm -hmm. and think all the way across the board and money well, I didn't say it. The word of God said, look it up for yourself. The Bible says money answereth all things. I didn't say it. God said it. Mm -hmm. And so with that, when you line things up, sit down, take an opportunity, find out what your net worth is, make a goal for yourself, and then start moving towards that goal. Because what, what the perspective of this is, the government has showed you, you have to give them at least 30 to 45 days to argue over who's right and who's wrong and who's going to give you enough money. So if nothing else, if six months is a stretch for you, what this has taught you is that you at least need one month to give the government an opportunity to figure it out mm. so that you will not go under so quickly. Mm, until the government can intervene. That's powerful. And yes. so we, we said that this will be a conversation of faith and finances, but I would say that these principles, though they are faith principles and some of them are biblical principles that they apply, whether you are a person of faith or not, these are things that work. They're nuggets of wisdom, uh, that work no matter what. Um, and and worldly principles, uh, when I, when I, when I'm, what I mean by worldly is uh, waste, uh, overspending, um, gluttony, yes. Um, yes, over anything, doing anything too much, even a good thing if you do it too much, too much of it can become a bad thing. Exactly. So I am really big on enjoying life. I believe in yes. living life to the fullest, but I also believe in doing it on a budget. Yeah. I've always had a budget. I was a single mother and I was able some hard points and some hard times, but we were never homeless. 
uh, I would say we were never without utilities, but I can remember my utilities getting cut off one time, but it was back on the same day. So <laughs> we didn't have to live in the dark, you know, uh, and it was just, a, I think it was just an oversight on my part that I just did not see the bill or, or something along those lines. But it was, it was tight, but the kids had everything they need, needed, and I had the life. That I had the friends, I had, you know, I had nice things, but it was done in moderation over time, save up to get what you want. I can't say that I had six months uh, cash in the bank, you know, for my bills, but so I, I thank God for sustaining me, but I did the best. I was a good steward with what I had, and I did the best at working with what I had. And so it's another principle too, is the principle of giving the yeah. 10%. And so I know that for people in the church, that may be a tithe for some people who are just, who give to, um, to charities and things like that. That is a principle of trust that I trust that I can share and that that will bring me in more. That is also an important principle of being a good steward. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited. I'm excited about this information Monday. I want you to tell the listeners, just give them one nugget. It can be a grandmama nugget. Just give them one nugget as we get ready to close out. Okay. One nugget I think that would be is, is to piggyback off of something that you just said. You said at it, when the time came, you were able to stretch and do a little bit more. And so I think that we can look at the principle of Solomon, who was the wisest and the richest that has ever lived. Solomon had beautiful things. But remember, it wasn't until the Queen of Sheba came and she blessed him with more gold mm. and more and more. Then he was able to add to this and add to that and add to that. I never want to be the one who say, um, you know, don't take a, don't, don't go to Starbucks because you could save that $5. That's petty. However, when more comes into your hand, when the opportunity of a blessing comes into your hand, because opportunity does come, opportunity knocks on all of our door, but you have to be ready and you have to be wise when it comes because it's busy. Opportunity is a busy spirit. It doesn't have time to just stay at your house all the time. It's got to keep moving. And so when opportunity comes, like now, when the opportunity comes, the money comes into your hand. Be wise like Solomon. Make that next step when it's time. Make that next splurge when it's time. If six months is too far away for you, what the government has taught us is you need one month to sustain yourself until help comes along. So that is what, you know, that is one of the things that is near and dear to my heart um, is helping people. I like to see people prosper. I like to see people um, have, I like to see people be able to share. And I like to give, you know, mm -hmm. I like to, I like to give in areas that I think that will push people forward, whether that's my time, whether that's my energy, whether that's my wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that means money, but I, I like to give, I like to give. And so giving that nugget right there 
is the richest and the wisest also made it made calculated decisions mm -hmm. he didn't just do he made calculated decisions right Wow, that is, that's a powerful ending. Solomon, known as the richest man in the Bible, made calculated decisions about his finances. That is a perfect ending point. So as you all know, to all of our viewers and our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in to Power Hour once again. Let us be empowered by money, which answereth, answereth all things. Money answers all problems. It pays the bill, it bills, it gives us what we need to help others. Um, and it, it works out so many things. So be empowered by that. And also the wonderful um, principles that were taught here about investing and calculating your risk and passing this information down to our children so that we can build generational health, wealth and health. <laughs> Uh, to build generational health. I just, I hope that you are empowered. I know that you are. I know I am um, with this information. Take it and do what you will with it. We want to thank Monday Millage again. She can be found on Facebook at Monday Millage. Uh, she is the royal, <laughs> royal tea, uh, royal retreat, royal everything. She's the queen. <laughs> And she is passionate about finances. And Monday, we just thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, this information has been rich. And that's what we look to do on Power Hour is give people the enrichment that they need. And to remind you, listeners, to remind you where to come when you lose sight of who you are to come back here and find uh Find the inner power that you have in you to do anything that you need to do, including get your finances together. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay powered up. Love you much. Thank you.